Oh, my God. 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, in a baby, see. 
Shalom. 
Now if you're feeling kind of low about the dues you've been paying 
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and being part of this amazing radio experience. My name is Nahum Siegel in our New York City studios. Uh, YBC had Yismuchu. You heard Yafia Fisa done by A.K.A. Pella. Kol Zimra's Yom Shabbos own peace of mind from Shlaka Pella. The Y.U. Maccabees with Osa Shalom. Omdos from Kol Zimra. Haben Yakir Lee and Modani from Akumzitz in the Rain, volume number three. And, of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a, oh, wow, <laughs> papers collapsing everywhere. Uh, welcome to a Wednesday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to JM and the AM. A special thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Um, I mean, at this point, it, it just seems it's one big listening area. I refer to the globe. That's what it, refer, that's what it seems like. No longer are we uh, localized. No longer are we... Uh, targeted or targeting uh we literally have uh one geographical place that we consider to be our audience that's planet earth <laughs> that's a, i don't know about the other planets yet 
But planet Earth seems to be a really receptive place for our programming, and I'm glad you're part of it. So welcome. Um, JM and the AM for a Wednesday on this May 10th, the 14th of ER. Today is Pesach Shani. Enjoy the matzah. Today is also day number 29 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, uh, make sure to do so sometime today. Um, what do we have? In New York City, we've got 51 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high of 62 clouds for tomorrow. Yerushalayim right now is at 90. Can't wait to get there for uh, Yom Yerushalayim week. We're at 51 here in New York City. Uh, well, I, I got I got to thank our listeners. I really do. Uh, last night, I'm at the um, uh, American Friends of Stay Road dinner. And uh, basically, our fundraising marathon has begun. I, I haven't I haven't officially started it until this coming Monday, uh, but people are giving us checks and people are are, um, are telling us uh, and and we see that they're donating online at fjbunity.org. So thank you, thank you to everybody who wants to keep JM and AM and the Nachum Siegel Network going as we've always described and always said. Uh, we really need uh, every avenue of support to make this work: our sponsorships, our ads, and of course uh, our listener support. And I thank everybody out there who's tossing money our ways to keep us going. It is a great feeling, wonderful, um, a, a wonderful uh, reaction from the audience. We thank you for that. Uh, so officially the fundraiser will begin on Monday. Um, we'll build up to a crescendo toward the end of next week. It'll be a total of one week. And if you want to give, you can give right now at fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation of Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. And um, you could donate right now. And, of course, if you've gotten an envelope in the mail, uh, we greatly appreciate it if you would send it back to us with a donation of any type, any size. And I thank you very much for that. Wednesday morning, JM in the AM. What do we got? 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. Interesting morning with a lot of great guests coming up, especially in the 8 o'clock hour. Seems to be filled with great conversation this morning, so we'll get that on the air for you. Uh, as we start our Wednesday, and uh, a bite size of the Oni Pollock coming up at 9. Of Rummy with a live lunch at 11. Big day for us, like every day is here at the Nahum Siegel Network. So just keep it where you got it. And enjoy. By the way, at the Stay Road dinner last night, and a lot of great support and wonderful people there last evening, and uh, Mazal Tov to all the honorees. At the Stay Road dinner last night, I saw Rabbi Yudin. He's going to join me Friday morning live um, in the final half hour of the week for JM in the AM to discuss his brand new book. That should be interesting. Rabbi Yudin has a brand new book, and we'll talk about it this coming Friday right here at the JM in the AM. All right, more coming up. Thanks for tuning in and uh, for being part of this amazing radio experience. Uh, is much appreciated. By the way, the week after the marathon, that's when we leave immediately. Saturday night, we leave for Israel for Yom Yerushalayim week. We are uh, shoring up the schedule. We are excited as anything that we have partnered with Amit on Yom Yerushalayim itself. And we have been invited uh, by Amit and Eshatora to do the uh, the radio broadcast for Yom Yerushalayim from the porch of Eishatar. If you know where that is, um, <laughs> then you know how great an idea and how great a uh, wonderful morning it's going to be. Um, we will have an unbelievable view of Harabayit 50 years later. Yeah. You know the expression or the saying or the proclamation, the declaration, Har Habayit Biadenu, the Temple Mount is in our hands. We'll be able to see that Temple Mount from where we'll be on Yom Yerushalayim. So thank you, Amit. Thank you to Andy Goldsmith. Thank you to everybody who's making that show happen. And thanks to all the different organizations and uh, outfits in Israel that are making the whole week happen. It's going to be an interesting week. 
We'll meet a lot of great people, talk a lot about Jerusalem. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you'll be with us all through Yom Yerushalayim week right here at the JM in the AM. And by the way, shortly after, because we, especially because we have that big break with Shavuos, so literally shortly after, uh, is the June 4th Celebrate Israel Parade. And our friends uh, from the American Friends of Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem have again partnered with us to bring amazing parade coverage to everybody around the world. That coverage grows every single year. And we are planning on having a great time June the 4th on 5th Avenue in New York City. A great, great time. That, that's the plan. And uh, we are very much looking forward to it. So a lot of action, a lot of things going on. Lagba Omer is Sunday. Of Rummy on Saturday night, Mat this Sunday morning. They're getting ready for Lag Bomer with a regular music format. Uh, there's so much going on, it's unbelievable. 613, this is JM in the AM. Are you ready to dance? Yeah. Oh, oh. Let's scream God's name together. Come on, go. Hashem Elech, Hashem Hashem Yeah, 
Jesse Goldstein with Rachamana. You heard Rabbi Shimon done by Ari Goldwag. Pia Pascha from Kumsitz in the Rain, the original uh, album. Hashem Melech was 613 off volume 6. Always interesting listening to what was hot when a certain album came out, and Hashem Melech was very hot back then. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on this uh, listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at... Uh, NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galitzal in the background. News from Israel coming up on this Pesach Shani. Oh, we should play some Pesach songs, shouldn't we? We should get some Passover selections on the air in honor of Pesach Shani. Hope you're enjoying your matzah on this Pesach Shani morning. It's day 29 in the counting of the Omer. Reminder, next week is our JM and the AM fundraiser. You get your chance to support us here at JM and the AM and the entire Nachum Siegel Network through the work of the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. You can do so now at the website fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, or return the uh, envelope that we sent you uh, with your generous donation. And believe you me, it is greatly appreciated. Keep us going for yet another year. The official fundraising marathon will be one week long starting this coming Monday here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Monday, 6 a.m. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jamnia. Galitzal, Shashtayim, Kan Shibel Karmi Mansour, Imashakore Achshav. ראש הממשלה נתניהו מבקר בחריפות את החלטת כונס הנכסים הראשי דוד האן לסיים במפתיע את שידורי רשות השידור. כתבתנו שיר הנאות. ראש הממשלה נתניהו כתב ששמע על ההחלטה לסגור את רשות השידור בתקשורת והיא הייתה לא מכבדת ולא מכובדת. נתניהו אמר שהדבר נעשה שלא בידיעתו והדגיש שנלחם למען עובדי רשות השידור. אתמול שודרה מהדורת מבט האחרונה והערב הסתיימו גם שידורי רשת ב'. גם הנשיא ראובן ריבלין מתח ביקורת על ההתראה הקצרה שניתנה לעובדי רשות השידור לפני ירידתה מהאוויר, ואמר באולפן רשת ב', הגיע לכם יחס מכובד יותר. כמו כל צופה בישראל, גם ליבי נחמץ אתמול למראה הפרידה החפוזה והמפתיעה. הגיע לכולכם פרידה מכובדת יותר, ובהחלט אפשר היה לעשות זאת. דיר בלק החי, הפוליטיקאים וחבריי, כאשר אתם מדברים ישן ומפני חדש, תוציאו. תבנו את החדש לפני שאתם מוצאים את הישן. 
שירות בתי הסוהר אישר לאסיר הביטחוני מרואם ברגותי להיפגש עם נציגת הצלב האדום לראשונה מאז פתח בשביתת רעב. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מעדכנת כי הפגישה צפויה להיערך בימים הקרובים. ברגותי אסיר פתח ומנהיג שביתת הרעב של אסירי הארגון לא הורשע להיפגש עם עורך דינו מאז שפתח בשביתה. בטורקיה מאשימים כי ההחלטה האמריקנית להעביר נשק לכורדים היא צעד בלתי מתקבל על הדעת. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. שר החוץ של טורקיה מבלוצ'או שולו תקף את החלטת ממשל טראפ לחמש את המיליציה הכורדית YPG במסגרת הלחימה נגד דאעש בעיר ראקה והבהיר כי כל כלי נשק שיועבר לידי הכורדים מהווה איום על טורקיה. צ'או שולו הוסיף כי נשיא טורקיה ארדואן ידון בנושא עם נשיא ארה״ב טראמפ בשבוע הבא ויבהיר לו את חומרת העניין בעיני הממשל באנקרה. שמונה חשודים נעצרו בחשד שהקימו רשת ליבוא קוקאין מדרום אמריקה. כתבתנו פיי גוטמן. על פי החשד, השמונה ניהלו קשר במטרה לייבא לארץ את הסם בכמויות של מאות קילוגרמים. הם נעצרו לאחר חקירה סמויה וממושכת, ויובאו היום להארכת מעצרם בבית משפט השלום בתל אביב. המשטרה ממשיכה בחקירה. מזג האוויר בינתיים עדיין שרבי, אבל בערב תהיה הקלה משמעותית בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת משי ג'רסי.
Silenu, 
J.M. in the A.M. Vihisha Amda on this 14th of E.R. After all, it's Pesach Sheni. Words from the Haggadah. Yeah, can you believe it's been a month since uh, Seder night? Unbelievable. Pesach Sheni morning. It's day 29 in the counting of the Omer. Hello, everybody. J.M. in the A.M. Leif Tahar before that with Rachem. My name is Nachum Siegel. Good morning, everyone. Fundraising Marathon 2017 next week. Want to give a big, big shout out to our friends at Amit. Uh, we and Amit, the Nahum Siegel Network and Amit, have partnered together uh, for a great Yom Yushalayim broadcast from, ready for this, the balcony of Eishat Torah, uh, one of the most remarkable sites, if not the most remarkable site in the world, or I should say the most remarkable view in the world. Um, we'll be there on. Uh, Anya Mishalayim with our friends that I meet. Big thank you to uh, Andy Goldsmith, the lay leadership, the staff, the executive leadership, everybody who uh, has pitched in, and obviously uh, the people at Asha Torah, uh, to make sure that we'd be able to broadcast uh, from there, uh, from Yushalayim, on Yom Yushalayim. And of course, it's part of our amazing and incredible Yom Yushalayim week, um, the entire week from Jerusalem. Uh, starting on May the 22nd. So get ready, everybody. Big week for us here next week. Big week after that in Israel. Lots going on here at JM the AM. I love the comments on the app, <laughs> and I do welcome the comments about the acapella selections, believe you me. 
Uh, go to the NSN, Not Home Single Network app for Android or iPhone, and you could add a comment on the home screen of the app. You'll see it there. Um, and we welcome it. We do welcome it. We welcome your comments. Some people might think that uh, <laughs> that we don't have a sense of humor, but we do, especially when it comes to the acapella selections, many of which are phenomenal. Just, you know, we like to have fun when we're forced to switch formats. JM and the AM at a quarter after 7 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Plenty more coming up, including this uh, um, brand-new rendition of a great selection from A Kumsitz in the Rain, Volume 3 at JM and the AM.
said take the bracha off of Schlockapella. <laughs> Schlockapella. Lenny Solomon and company. Uh, what do we do before that one? Let me, see. Let me see if I have a record of that. Oh, I happen to. Uh, before that, Achenu and Hamalach from Akumzitz in the Rain, volume number three. Wednesday morning, Sphere Format Wednesday, day 29 of the counting of the Omer. It's Pesach Sheni. Today is Pesach Sheni. I thank you for joining us. Uh, kudos to everybody who came out to the Stay Road dinner last night. It was really a great gathering. A lot of support. An amazing place. If you've never been to Stay Road, arrange a day to go and see it and enjoy it. It really is an enjoyable journey. An incredible place. Rabbi David, I believe this is a, um, a summer rerun of uh, Rabbi Goldwasser. We may, we may have heard this recently, but there's no reason why we shouldn't hear it again. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Rav Zeb and Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. We read in Parshas Amor, Kedoshim Yiyu, they shall be holy to their God, and they shall not desecrate the name of Hashem. Our Chachomim are intrigued by the Torah's contrast of achieving ultimate holiness or sinking to the level of profaning the name of Hashem. The Torah Saparsha explains that Avodas Hashem, serving Hashem is absolute. There's no middle road. Either one sanctifies the name of Hashem, or Chas v'sholem, the honor of heaven, is profaned. There is no middle ground. A similar sequence is noted in the second paragraph of Shema. If you continually hearken unto my mitzvot, to love Hashem with all your heart and with all your soul, then it says, lest you turn astray and serve other gods, there's a reference made to serving Hashem on the highest level, and then conversely the Torah says that if one doesn't, one would serve other gods. How can we understand this? It can be clarified with a statement from the Talmud in Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that Klal Yisrael were forgiven for the sins of idol worship, immorality, and bloodshed. But Hashem did not forgive the Klal for their abandonment of Torah learning, for Bittal Torah. Why was the transgression of these three cardinal sins pardonable, but not the lapse of Bittal Torah? The great altar of Kelm 
explains that one who serves Avodah idol worship, commits murder, or is immoral, he has rejected his human qualities, and therefore he is comparable to an animal. His culpability is not for these sins, rather he is responsible for the initial offense which resulted in his ultimate downfall. That original offense is Bittal Torah. Man's responsibility is to always be aware that his abandonment of Torah can and will only lead to his descent. Likewise on Yom Kippur at Mincha time, it's interesting, as we reach a peak in our spiritual standing, we read the Parsha of Immorality. This serves to call to our attention the importance of maintaining our exalted spiritual status, lest we plunge to the lowest levels of immorality. There is no middle ground, either Kedusha or Tuma. The Zohar explains that the word Sphira is from the Loshan of Saper, or Sapphire. During the days of Sphira, our mission is to purify and refine our souls, to polish our character so that its true brilliance will shine forever. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. Rananu from A.K.A. Pella. Oh, I have to thank Rabbi Feldman for his patience, and he's on from Israel yet. Rabbi Shaul Feldman has one of the most amazing jobs on planet Earth. He is the director of the B'nai Akiva, B'nai Akiva of the United States and Canada, and their 50th, or I should say they're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem here in the U.S. on the night of Yom Yerushalayim on Wednesday May the 24th. Rabbi Shaul Feldman, welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom Aleichem Nachum. Great, great talking to you this time from Yerushalayim. Oh my gosh, am I jealous. I can't wait to get... It's funny because Yom Yerushalayim week, we're going to be there and you're going to be helping everybody celebrate here, which is pretty funny. Right, right. We have a job to do. If you remember, Nachum, I'm sure if you check in your archives, 10 years ago... Wow. I was on on the show where we spoke about it's time to bring Yom Yerushalayim back on the map with a big celebration, and that's something that B'nai Akiva is starting to run a dinner, and we're going to start pushing that hopefully will become almost the smallest game in town because everyone else will be doing it. So I hope we accomplish something in these 10 years. Well, I can tell you, you certainly have, and uh, Yom Yerushalayim is a big celebration. There will be plenty of people still in the United States, still in the New York area on Yom Yerushalayim. They'll have an opportunity to celebrate, and I say it like that because I am hoping that many go to Israel, but as you know, plenty will be in the New York metropolitan area on Yom Yerushalayim, and you're going to give them an opportunity to celebrate. B'nai Akiva of the United States and Canada and Camp Moshava honors Binny Dax, Shmuela and Shlomo Nemet, and Shlomo Weisberg. 
at the Museum of Jewish Heritage in New York City on the night of May the 24th. Uh, Yonatan Razel, the amazing yeah. amazing composer and singer, is going to be there. And uh, you, could log, yep. you could log on at B'neiAkiva.org. You could log on at B'neiAkiva.org uh, for all the information. Uh, let's remind everybody. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I shouldn't uh, ruin the surprise of the evening, but let me just tell you that um, the whole event will make you feel as if you're in Yerushalayim, from the feeling of the shook style to all the different setups. So don't just hesitate. If you want to feel Yerushalayim a little bit, a taste. This is where you should be on Yom Yerushalayim, because we're going to focus on giving you that feel. And why are we doing that? Because we want you to miss it so badly that sooner than later, you will head directly back to Yerushalayim. You know, I've, I've seen organizations pull that off, and I know you guys certainly can and you will. Um, you're, you're not... Uh, you're not um uh, saying that you expect people to think that they're in Yerushalayim, but they'll certainly have a taste of it, and I know that if they are yeah. at the Bnei Akiva dinner, they certainly are going to feel a taste of Jerusalem. Uh, Rabbi Feldman, uh, remind our audience about the Bnei Akiva organization, and maybe at the same time, you could tell us how it is possible for them to stay on top and so strong after all these decades. So, the, the secret, I, I, I like to repeat that piece when I speak to our Shlichim, 11 families across the country, and every week I get another community calling and interested in engaging and bringing in uh, Bnei Akiva families from Israel, Shlichim, to service the communities and work with the high school and the, and the community as a whole. The origins of our power is Medinat Israel is the religious Zionist ideology that founded Medinat Israel. And once that is the power, that's our source, that's where we're coming from, you're going to keep growing because we are in days of redemption. I'm in Yerushalayim now. I'm walking in the streets. You know, uh, one of the honorees that you mentioned, Shlomo Weisberg, is getting married a week after uh, 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 the way. You know, the prophet, <laughs> when he stood on, he said, oh, I couldn't believe it. And here I'm walking, walking out of our yeshiva here uh, and Midrashat to Rav Avodah TVA in Yerushalayim. You see, there's weddings every night. There's, there's children dancing in the streets. We are in days of redemption. If our origins of power is the redemption, so we're going to keep growing. It's, it's never precious. Well, uh, that is a very good explanation, and certainly it gives us all a tremendous burst of Zionism and connection to the Holy Land. And Bnei Akiva has done this now for a very, very long time. I would assume that, uh, that there is a, uh, a special energy around this dinner, not just because of the 50th anniversary, but you're honoring some wonderful people, and you're really putting, really putting together a night that's going to be unforgettable. Yeah, look, one of our uh, honorees is Benny Dax, who's been with us already for 17 years. Uh, she grew up in the movement back in Chicago. Now she lives in, uh, in Woodmere and a pillar of that community. Uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Also, Camp Moshavad that we're doing it with is having this summer 1,800 campers. Could you imagine with a the major waiting list? It's just, it's an unbelievable growth, and as I said, because the source of it is the beauty of the days of redemption we are in. Bnei Akiva is in hand-in-hand with redemption of the state of Israel. It is pretty amazing. All right, Shaul Feldman is with us. He's director of Bnei Akiva of the United States and Canada. I know this is unfair, 
I know it's unfair to do this to you. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> is there a specific, and I may have asked you this last time, is there a specific region, is there a specific area of North America that has really stepped up in the last year or two that has become not just a hub of Zionism and B'nai Akiva activities, but really has taken a leadership role in terms of bringing a community along when it comes to B'nai Akiva and Israel? Oh my gosh, I'm going to be in your... <laughs> look, Nahum, the problem is, because everybody across the United States and Canada listen to your program, so I know that there's no secrets. And anything I'm going to say here, it's going to be in every single home. And if I speak about Detroit dominating the whole community, there isn't... There, everywhere you move in Detroit, there's Nakiva. If it's L.A. With, their new, with the new camp that we purchased and the programming that's happening there, if it's Toronto, that is, that is the hub of religious Zionism... Any place I'm going to mention, and I didn't mention something else, I'm going to be in trouble. So, Nahum, I'm going to have to say, because you are so, so powerful and dominating the media and the Jewish community, I cannot answer this over, I could, in a, in a small room, just you and me talk. But well, here, well, the whole I, world is going to know. Well, I appreciate that, and I understand the predicament, <laughs> but since you did mention a couple of places, it is remarkable, isn't it? How even what we consider in the New York, New Jersey area, you know, smaller communities around the country and in North America are really enjoying a tremendous amount of activity from their Bnei Akiva organization. And as you just mentioned, they're, they're literally building institutions and, as I like to say, bringing communities along and attracting people in the community to think more and more about Israel. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And where you see this past uh, Shabbat, I had a leadership Shabbaton for, uh, you know, kids who are in their Shana Ba'aret all across Yeshivot Midrashot. We had a, about 40 guys and girls who were there. They are engaged in a year-round kind of course, which is just Shabbatonim over the weekend, the Friday program, where they're deepening their knowledge about religious Zionism and their commitment to Bnei Akiva back when they come to the state or stay here. And, and I looked around the room, spectrum across the U.S. and Canada, commitment. These are kids that Bnei Akiva shaping, and even though they're here a year in Israel, and a lot of them are staying now for the second year, and some are going to stay here for college, you see that's what gave them their identity, are they, who they are, what their religion is. Are they interested in taking leadership roles when they get back here? Completely. Completely. Well, and they're cool. committed. They know they go to college, but they get on planes every weekend, they go to a different Shabbat home because they understand that back in the cities, they need these chevra to come back, and we as an organization, we spend in our budget over $100,000 a year just flying out these college-level uh, uh, guys and girls across the country to bring that energy and spirit. It is amazing. The work you're doing is commendable. It's incredible. Everybody in our audience, note the date of May 24th. We've been talking about this date for half a year. It is Yom Yerushalayim Wednesday, B'nai Akiva of the United States and Canada and Camp Moshava all together are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem at a, at a place where they are going to turn it into a major taste of Jerusalem. It is going to feel like you are experiencing Yerushalayim on the night of May 24th at the Museum of Jewish Heritage Battery Place in New York City. 
Uh, mazal tov, a special mazal tov to Benny Dax, who's amazing, and a mazal tov to all the honorees, including Shmuela and Shlomo Nemet and Shlomo Weisberg. Yonatan Razel, who we know is an incredible composer and singer, he's coming in. He's from Nachlaot. He's from the center of Jerusalem, and he's coming in to help it feel like Jerusalem as well. And you can get all the information about the dinner May 24th by going to b'neiakiva.org, b'neiakiva.org. Rabbi Feldman, any other, um, I don't know, is there a phone number or anything else you want to give out, or just leave it to the uh, website? No, I think the website is good, and um, I want to thank you again from Yerushalayim. It's actually a very, very warm day today in Yerushalayim. But I you know saw what? 90 the degrees, I Yerushalayim saw. <laughs> weather-wise is worth it. Every moment of this warmth is also beautiful as well. So it's just really exciting walking in the streets of Yerushalayim. Join us. Thank you, Nachum, for spreading the words of religious Zionism across the country. Your success is Am Yisrael's success. Greatly appreciate that. Kol HaKavod, have a, have, a, 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 have a record-breaking dinner, as I have a feeling you will. Bezrat Hashem. L'shana Babi Yerushalayim. Thank you. Amen. Rabbi Shaul Feldman, B'neiakiva.org, B'neiakiva.org. If you have nothing, if you have not yet planned anything with Yom Yerushalayim, folks, Wednesday night, Yom Yerushalayim, do yourself a favor. If you can't be with us in Jerusalem, be with B'nai Akiva. You'll at least feel the uh, the spirit of the day, and you'll have a chance to honor some great people and, and learn about a wonderful worldwide organization. Uh, more coming up. <clears throat> Keep it here on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom, Rao. I have a soy
Shalom Rav is from the uh, Kumsitz in the Rain uh, CD here on a uh, Wednesday morning. Sphere format. I want to thank everybody who came out to the dinner last night. Pretty amazing dinner for Stay Road. Really incredible. And um, uh, those of you out there who are uh, inclined to support the incredible work of uh, Rabbi Fendel and everybody in Stay Road, go to stayroat.org, S-D-E-R-O-T.org, S-D-E-R-O-T.org. Well, our good friend Jonathan Greenstein is with us live via telephone. I believe, and I'll confirm this with him in a second, I believe the date for the uh, the next big Judaica auction from Jay Greenstein and company is the 13th of June. I believe that's accurate. Again, we'll find out in just a moment once I uh, introduce him. Uh, the reason I asked him on is because, again, he has some very interesting and many unique items in this upcoming auction. Jonathan Greenstein, welcome back to JM in the AM. Um, how are you, how sir? Are you, how are you, brother? Man? Uh, I missed you. You missed me? What do you yeah, mean? it's been a couple of months since we spoke, man. I love you, brother. <laughs> it has been a while. Am I right that uh, June 13th is the date? Yes, it is. It is. It um, you know it, this auction required a lot of research because it was uh, just some real crazy group of eclectic items, and um, so it took me a little longer to write the catalog. But yeah, we're on schedule. June thirteenth is out at the printer already. Now, yeah, I can't wait to actually see. I, as I always tell you, I love going through your catalog. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so the so the the items that have caught my attention that have struck my fancy over the last week or two. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, like Joan Rivers' Seder Plate and Zev Jabotinsky's Passport, those are both in this auction. Yeah, those are, I mean, to me personally, you know, Lahav deal, one to the other, right. but it's still just, you know, incredible, uh, important Jews, you know, one in American society and, you know, and one for Jewish society in general, uh, to have two, of, two items that were personally owned by them, to me, is, it's a, I mean, it's a great honor. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's just cool, and I think that this basically sums up, you know, the 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 scope and the range that you work in. You know, Joan yeah. Joan Rivers deer stuff and Zev Jabotinsky's, you know, uh, important documents. Like, I th- yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, you know, the Joan Rivers Seder plate and her matzo cover um, was sold in her estate. You know, just like a, unfortunately, just like a tchotchke, like nobody really cared. Uh, you know, and it was purchased. You know, minimally, without understanding the Judaic value. You know, we we also sold many many years ago. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr.'s Hanukkah menorah. Right. Um, we sold some stuff by Meyer Lansky. You know, important, uh, not necessarily you know holy Jews, but right. you know, still you know important historical Jews. Well, you know, they're, certainly, they're personal items. Certainly, are usually valuable. Certainly, key members of modern Jewish history. I mean, no question about that. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, people forget that you know Mario Lansky. You know he was responsible for making sure that uh, the pre state of Israel, you know, got guns. That's correct. You know, and that was and and when he and when he wasn't let into Israel, it was a very sensitive uh, issue to say the least. Yeah, correct. Golden Meir, you know, told him sorry. You know, no gangsters in uh, in Israel, and they seem to forget what he did be, you know, before the creation of the state. Yeah, I don't even know if Golder gets really all the blame for that, but whatever. And there's, there's a few other yeah. people as well. Anyway, yeah. um, so um. So, oh, by the way, I, I got to ask you this before you know more listeners criticize me. I don't know if it was last time or the time before. You had the Kalbach piano. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it it did sell, correct? It yes, did, it, it, it sold. It sold to uh, a very sweet composer uh, who lives in Manhattan Beach, and uh, you know she used to compose some music with Shlomo on that very piano. And uh, I'm, I'm allowed to say who it is, Cecilia Margolis. Oh yeah, Cecilia told us about this. That's right. Yeah, and, um, and and it, it, and, it, and it basically went for what you expected, right? Like you you put a yeah. value on it, and you and you basically hit it right on the nose, right? Yeah, there was there was a lot of interest in it, but you know, most Karlbach, you know, Hevra, most Karlbach followers, you know, including myself, not going to spend twenty thousand dollars on a piece of memorabilia because you know, really, right. the bank yeshiva tuition and so on and so forth. Right. Um, but. Um, well, it meant yeah, a lot I, to her. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean that's why it didn't get the thirty, forty thousand dollars, but right. it did get the twenty. Right. Uh, and um, like I said, she was very close to Shlomo. She composed some songs with him. She still composes now. Right. And it was the it was the appropriate place for it to be. The, the Krabach family was very, very happy. Um, if you would get, I'm just curious, if you'd have a you know a clean copy, one that's I guess what they would call what very good, to excellent condition. Uh, original LP, first LP of Shlomo Kalbach. Is that something you would include in your lots? I mean, is that something that uh, if if it was signed by him, it would probably sell between five and eight hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, you know, if it wasn't signed by him, probably not. You can buy them on eBay for about fifteen bucks. I but I can't find the original one on eBay. The first one I just can't find on any source. Oh yeah, uh, you mean the first album? Yeah. Uh, I just can't believe find it or not, I, I have an eight track of that somewhere in my house. Wow. Yeah, that's how old I am. But yeah, we, we, all, we all thought you were a youngster until that revelation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we know each other a long time now. <laughs> yeah, right. Years go by very, very fast. Now, how does one obtain the French identification card, or what we call the passport, of Zev Jabotinsky? Uh, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Okay, so um, he obviously was uh, granted refugee status in France, uh, and all refugees had ID cards. You know, he wasn't allowed to work. In France, with his ID card, it was not a work permit. Right. Um, and you know, when he passed away, a descendant in his family, uh, and from there, it was sold to Dove and Harriet Kamenetsky, huh. uh, who are who collectors, you know, both in Israel and in America. You know, he was um, an, uh, an architect uh, or an engineer. I, I forget. You know, he was a client of mine many years many years ago. He passed away. I want to say about ten, fifteen years ago, and a little bit less than that. You know, his wife passed away, and a descendant is now in the estate. And the estate is selling it. You know, it's uh, an incredible piece of Jewish history. 
Uh, it has a, a phenomenal picture, the iconic picture of Zev, you know, looking uh, at, you know, looking, um, you know, at his pro, you know, profile-wise shot of his, and has his, uh, he signed it, uh, it's stamped by the French government, and it's what he used in Paris. And you know, it's, it's just, pretty wild. It, like, I sometimes am baffled by why families or anybody who gets a document like that, you know, along the line, you know, thinks it's worth saving. Like, I always wonder what, what, what you know, because <laughs> we know, th- those of us who've ever moved, <laughs> we know yeah. that we're sitting there, you know, save or throw out, you know, save or throw out. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, amazing, no. amazing that some of these things last and they just, you know, get passed down. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. You know, I mean, obviously the Jabotinsky family knew that, um, you know, it, it had value. They weren't just going to toss it. What are, you know, you, he, what are you valuing it at? Uh, it's one of those unknown. Uh, you know, my do you the, have the official a, do, estimate is twenty to $30,000. Do you have a minimum bid? Like, do you have a minimum uh, A minimum start? bid, I think, is 16000 Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's the rock bottom that I thought so the no value one, was. So no one could walk out of that auction without a $16,000 bid? No, 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 not at all. And, you know, my, you know, my... Deep instinct is that it's probably going to sell in the forty to sixty thousand dollar range. Wow. You know, you think about it. I mean, you know, Zev obviously passed away before the creation of the state of Israel, but he was theoretically, you know, a founding father. Yeah, even of though course. he didn't, you know, he didn't, you know, live to see it. A hundred percent. You know, he was the, theoretically the first person that would create a, you know, created a kind of a JDL. You know, the Jewish Defense Organization. You know, back in Russia. You know, he was the first one to try to stop the pogroms. Hundred percent. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world in the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. Jonathan Greenstein's with us. June 13th is the next big auction. Uh, have, you put a, uh, have you put a price tag on the uh, Joan Rivers piece, the Seder plate? Yeah, that's nowhere, nowhere near, you know, like I said, La Havdiel, that's I nowhere know. near as valuable. I know. Uh, even though she wasn't necessarily an observant Jew, she was very outspoken uh, oh, for, the yeah. state of, for the state of Israel. By the way, there's some people out there, and you know this, who it's going to be a, a you know, a, a, it'll be endearing to them to have it in their house. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, listen, she was still a sweet Jew. Of course. You know, and no, and she, never hired, she never hid her Jewishness. Of course. You know, as, you know part of her routine, actually. Uh, but I think she'll... Mostly be remembered by you know her you know her defense of Israel. 100%. She was a true Israel advocate. Yeah, of course, very influential and very outspoken. Yep. And, and you won't tell me what the opening bid is, huh? <laughs> I, I, I think the opening bid is in the twos. There you know, you it's, go. it's not it's not a ridiculous amount of money. You, you know, if it wasn't Jones, <laughs> uh, the Seder dish by itself, you know, is a couple hundred dollars. It's right. it's not you know it was made by Spode in England. It's not particularly rare. It's not particularly old. It's not particularly early. You know, but. Uh, it was hers, you know. Jonathan Greenstein with us, jgreenstein.com. It's initial jgreenstein.com uh, for the website and all the information about the upcoming auction. Uh, what was your most recent television appearance? Anything uh, of note? Uh, yeah, I, w- I was on Fox um, talking about Pesach. Uh, what they want to know? What was the item? The Sunday them? before. Uh, it was. Uh, I brought a, a bunch of different Seder trays. One of them was a... Um, a seder, a seder equipage, as we say, you know, which, uh, in English, you know, in Hebrew is a kaira. Right. You know, it had the three slots for the matzah and had a whole bunch of um, holders up, uh, up on top. It was made in Poland probably about 150 years ago. Uh, it was the size of probably a large computer, and it was silver, and it was definitely owned by a um, somebody from the, either the Ruziner uh, dynasty or another Hasidic dynasty because right. it was gorgeous and the value was probably somewhere between a million and two million dollars wow uh, yeah so we took that on we spoke about that uh we spoke about um you know we i you know, i spoke about um 
a couple of Kiddush cups that were created. One was a Kiddush cup and one was a Pesach cup that was created by Johann Mitnacht in the 1740s. Um, and the, the value on those were about $80,000. That's actually in the upcoming sale. Uh, and uh, lot 134. And then recently I was on um, News 12 with uh, Paula, oh, I forget her last name, who uh, was interested in talking about the Joan River Seder tray. You know, yeah, she, I, uh, I could see that. That's yeah, a Long yeah. Island station, right? Uh, it's actually cable vision all over. Ah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, it's News 12 um, in the five boroughs, as well as uh, Queens and Long Island. Let me ask you something. The the I mean, obviously, you've seen men as we have. You've seen many seder trays and plates mm-hmm. that that are on top of three sections for the matzot. Correct? You've seen that, of correct. course. Correct. Right? Yeah, sure, absolutely. What is the earliest you've seen that? In other words, I'm curious if when the mm-hmm. when the seder plate first came into fashion, when mm-hmm. pe- when people hundreds and you know maybe thousands at this point. Years ago, you know, started using a, you know, I created a traditional Seder plate. you have any clue when those three uh, shelves, when those three uh, tiers were added or the earliest one you've seen that actually had the three tiers on it? Yeah. Uh, the one that, we, that I brought onto Fox uh, was, you know, was pretty early. It was, like I said, it was 1850s. But the absolute crazy earliest one that I've ever seen was created in Berlin. It was owned by a collector in Great Neck. Uh, and it was in the mid 1780s. It had, you know, it, it opened to allow three slots of matzah, uh, and had uh, an abstract. I mean, it was, it was actually pretty creative for the time. Uh, five different slots for food, and on the top, it had a, a spot for a kushal Eliyahu. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was huge. Oh my god, that's it was a cool. monster. I never because thought of, a, of that. Because of a chair. I yeah. never thought of an additional uh, a spot on the seder tray for a kosher Yeah, no, uh, we get that. We get that all the time. Especially we will, in modern creation. We will never see, and this includes you. We will never see a seder plate older than from when. What would be the earliest you'll ever see? Uh, the days? earliest one uh, without the three tiers, just a seder tray. Right. It was a pewter one that was engraved in Germany. Uh, I, I would say probably in the 1670s. Very cool. Yeah, you know, before that, in private hands, you know, or at least in my hands, in the last thirty-two years, one has never crossed. Do you ever see a modern item, right? Something from the early two thousands, and you say to yourself, "Boy, two hundred years from now, they're going to be clamoring for this thing." Um, the handmade stuff from Israel, absolutely. The machine-made stuff that you would buy in a retail store, absolutely not. You know, that right. stuff gets melted and broken, and you know, it's. it's but you know, when you go to Israel uh, and you support, you know, the the artists that work by hand there. Um, those things create have value. Even the items that I'm selling now, you know, in these auctions, the last 54 auctions, were, for the most part, all handmade pieces by artisans, whether they were in Poland or Lemberg uh, or, you know, parts of Russia or Germany uh, or France. These, you know, the value is in the fact that they were not mass creative, created. They were done each one by hand by an artist. So if you want to invest in something modern now, support the Israeli, you know, silversmiths, right. you know, buy something from them, and I guess put it away for 200 years, and hopefully when Mashiach comes, we'll uh, be able to see uh, if uh, if I was right. Yeah, there are a couple of people in this area as well that do the same thing, and uh, now that I think about it, I, I know what you mean. If they if they have a unique product, it certainly will be valuable a couple of yeah. hundred years from now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, it's the same rules. If it's beautiful, the value grows. Right. The Shlomo Kalbach Kiddush Cup and Charity Box, it's Stucka Box. Are they going to be part of this upcoming auction or not? Uh, no, those are always just on sale in our, ga- on our gallery. And they're, uh, and they're worth about, like, what would, you'd sell it uh, for the, what? The, the Kalbach Kiddush Cup is $1,200. Um, so if I, gave, if I gave you 1200 bucks, I can make Kiddush this Friday night on, on Kalbach's Kiddush Cup. No, no, it's not Shlomo's Cup. 
uh, Neshama and I, um, we co-designed oh. a, a Kiddush cup in, um, in, in memory, in celebration of his 88th birthday. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and uh, we called it the Cup of Love and Prayer, you know, <laughs> as opposed to the House of Love and Prayer. <laughs> right. and, and it has no base. In other words, you can never put it down or it'll spill. You have to palm it and hold it in your, in your palm. The halachas, you're really supposed to have five fingers on the Kiddush cup when you make Kiddush. Right. Right? That, you know, that's you know, theoretically the halacha. Right. You know, Shlomo was such a giving person, the idea is that the cup gets passed from person to person without having to put it down on the that's table. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. a very cool sits, concept. It, it actually sits in a wooden base. Um, you know, while you're awaiting making Kiddush. I mean, have you ever seen that before? It's literally your No, career. no, no. This was, you know, in, you know, Nisham and I just brainstormed one night. And, is the Stucker Box uh, also unique? Yeah, the Stucker Box is only one right now. Um, we, I, you know, I made it out of silver, obviously. Right. Um, we designed it um, very similar to Shlomo's Kever, uh, uh-huh. and it's sized perfectly that we were going to create it to fit uh, the best of Sean McCarlock's five CDs. <laughs> That's so, you know, great. So you can fit five of his CDs in it just perfectly. It's the most expensive CD holder in existence. That <laughs> much I can tell you. You know, but, we've, yeah, we've got it, through CD holders like crazy here. I don't know if I can afford that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but after the CDs are out, it's it's a, a charity box. You know. Um, oh, is that? And cool? it's engraved pretty much with everything that's on his cover. Um, is there a I picture? Blew- is there a picture of it on the website? Uh, I think there is. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. There may be one on the website. I mean, this this is already you know five, four or five five six years ago. Uh, you know, but it's uh, it's still there. You know, we haven't so sold it yet. You know, we're asking 3,500 dollars for it. One of these days, somebody will you know some slow mo chassid you know will uh, say I have to have that and buy it. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right, June 13th. That's the date of the next big auction. Jay Greenstein and Company hosted. Uh, they're on Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. Go to J, that's initial J, greenstein.com, jgreenstein.com. And uh, as you said, the ca- for those who get the catalog on a regular basis, they're going to be getting that in the mail real soon, right? Yeah, next, next couple of weeks. And if anybody needs a catalog, by all means, just email me. I'm happy. To, you know, there's no charge for them. I'm happy to dispense them as long as I have extra copies. They are so cool to look at. I'm telling you. you. For people like Thank me who can't afford anything, they are so cool to look at. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, definitely, it's definitely, yeah, it's a beautiful piece of art itself. I mean, and by uh, the way, you know, 50th anniversary unification of Jerusalem, you know, you you have a lot of early Israel stuff in general. I don't know, yeah, I don't know, what, I don't know what's in this catalog, but you usually yeah, have a lot of good Israel stuff. Yeah, Gavalt, you know the um, this, the Batalo school, you know, which was in sure. Jerusalem, you know, uh, created by Bar, you know, uh, Professor Bar Shatz in right. the real, really beginning of the 20th century. Um, to this day. Things made by Basalel is the most sought-after uh, pieces of Judaica and Israeliana uh, that exist. You know, collectors for that are both here and in Israel uh, are vying for beautiful pieces that were made by that school. And they're around? They're, they're available? Like what? Uh, yeah, uh, the common stuff that was created, uh, you know, with the intent, you know, to sell and to make funds available for the school to continue, uh, yeah, is, is pretty popular and not very expensive. But the real hardcore Batsala stuff, the stuff that was made by the you know, Yemenite immigrant artisans um, in silver and in brass and in damascene and in carpets, I mean, the real heavy-duty artsy stuff, it's very, very hard to find, and it commands tremendous, tremendous dollars. There's more Batsala collectors now than there were ever, ever before. Possibly has to do with something with the reunification of Jerusalem. Who knows? I don't know. But, uh, you know, the desire is there. That much I can tell you. Jonathan, I could speak to you all day. Thank you yep. so much for joining us. Uh, website, everybody, Jay Greenstein. Just search it or you go to initialjgreenstein.com, uh, the auction coming up in mid-June. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Oh, Nachum, man, you're my holy brother. I love talking to you. You're the sweetest guy, one of of the sweetest guys in the world. Your brother, uh, Nate, is probably the sweetest guy. Maybe you run a close second, or you're first, and he runs a close second. Don't forget, he's the reason I'm religious today from NCSY. Wow, that's quite a public statement to make. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, about 38 years ago I met him. Yep, unbelievable. Amazing. Yep. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Love you, brother. He is amazing. Jonathan Greenstein. Check it out, folks. Central Avenue at Cedarhurst. Go online. I'm telling you, it is worth getting the catalog, which Jonathan just said he'll send to you for free, just to go through Jewish history. It is so cool. If you, if you just love items uh, that reflect different eras of uh, Jewish history, it's so incredible. Anyway, more coming up. It's Wednesday, Sphere Format Wednesday at JMA. <laughs> Avar Nafshi Yatsa Bidabru Bigashti Lonetsati Tatahi Anilet Dodi Bidodi Hama Avar Nafshi Yatsa Bidabru Bigashti Lonetsati
Say 
Ari Goldwag. He's responsible for a lot of the acapella selections we've been playing. Sphere Format Wednesday. It's called Shari Shamay and Bitachon. Before that was Shalom Aleichem. You heard Ari Goldwag with Schar Mitzvah in there. Kumzitz in the Rain with Shalom opened up that set. JM in the AM at 8.35, 25 minutes before 9 o'clock on a Wednesday. On this day 29 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Today's also Pesach Sheni. Enjoy the matzah. <laughs> a lot of people have the uh, custom. A lot of schools, a lot of schools give out matzah uh, during lunch today for Pesach Sheni. Well, there's a unique event going on May the 17th, one week from today in Washington, D.C. Uh, it is the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem as recognized and celebrated by members of Congress down in Washington. On Wednesday, May the 17th, uh, Marty and Riva Oliner will chair the event. And um, uh, it is a pleasure to welcome to our airwaves Marty Oliner, who's chairman of the Religious Zionists of America, president of the coalition, uh, the Center, rather, for Righteousness and Integrity. Marty Oliner, welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh, it's so good to be with you this morning. Thank you for all that you're doing for us in Kuala Yisrael. It's just so wonderful to listen to you. I, I greatly appreciate that. This is really a unique event. You have a lot of sponsoring organizations. It sounds like, and, and based on what we saw in Washington for Yom Atzmud, it sounds like there's tremendous energy and a real commitment by members of Congress to this 50th anniversary. Tell us how this all came about that next week on Wednesday you'll be down in Washington. Well, you know, we need to celebrate the miracle of deliverance. As you, as you know, in 1967, we had a miracle, a series of miracles that occurred, and those are being celebrated in Jerusalem on Yom Yerushalayim. 
But we felt that the other place, the only other place in the world where we could celebrate such a, the miracles that occurred then, when 50 years ago this month the people of Israel and the Jews around the world came together in fear. War was imminent between Israel and the Arab, and, and the Arab community. There were four countries um, that were seized upon us to try and destroy us. Um, mass graves were planned by Rabbi Gorin and others because of the fear of how we would be destroyed and how Israel would be annihilated. And God, by a miracle, only by a miracle, delivered us, delivered us from these enemies. Um, and we won a war in six hours, literally, where we were able to destroy um, all of the uh, all those four the four countries' air forces, and we were able to be delivered, literally be delivered for two millennia. We all, the entire Jewish community, have been praying for a return to Jerusalem. And 50 years ago, we achieved that. That was achieved. So we felt that given the, the unity and all that's going on in the whole world and how we now have Jerusalem, but everyone in the world is plotting to take it away from us, that it was critical that we be unified, that we come together. So we put together this program in Washington. It's the unification of Jerusalem, and it's the unity of the Jewish community. Twenty-five Jewish organizations with disparate views on many other issues are coming together over Jerusalem in a bipartisan fashion to work with Congress and to ensure that this gift that we have from heaven, this return after 2,000 years to our capital, which was established by David 3,000 years ago, cannot be taken away from us again. We're trying to ensure that. We're trying to put together a gate around that to make certain that forever Jerusalem is ours. Marty, all oh, sorry. Marty Oliner with us live via telephone. It's the Religious Zionists of America, along with tens of other organizations, the usual suspects, I'm proud to say, uh, that are coordinating the event for uh, one week from today on May the 17th. Is this, a, is this open to everybody? Can anybody come to Washington and participate? No, regrettably they can't, but we, we're going to have 100 people in Washington. If someone really, really wants to go, they should uh contact me but what we're trying to do is we're going to broadcast it live Ooh. so there is a sign up so if you contact office at rza.org um, there is a possibility that either we can arrange for you to be there which is going to be difficult but certainly we could arrange for you to listen to it live office at rza.org that's office at rza.org Marty, do you sometimes uh, uh, stand back, or maybe a week from today you'll stand there in the halls of Congress and say to yourself, boy, if only my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, uh, could, could, uh, could they even have imagined that in the halls of Congress they'd be recognizing this miracle of 50 years ago? No, I, 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 I stand there many times. I, in fact, am a, a survivor's child. I was born in a DP camp. Wow. And I appreciate so much how much God has given us and how miraculous this event has been that 50 years ago we began the return to Israel in a way that we can imagine in 1947. Yeah. The miracle of tripling our land and getting back a divided city. I don't know if, you, if any of you listeners remember, I'm sure some do, the barbed wire, the division, the divisiveness of Jerusalem, 
And it was beautiful to have a little bit of Jerusalem that we had. But since almost 2,100 years, we have not been able to worship there. And we're also coming up to another milestone, which makes this event so important as well. As you know, there's been discussion about moving our embassy. Right. And that's so critical today, because anything that we can do to enhance our control of Jerusalem is so important. There are our enemies, Abbas, um, Hamas, um, they're all trying to make a case for why this city should still be divided, and we should go back to things like 1967 borders, where the city wasn't together. We were not able to worship before the Kotel. Others were not able to worship. Today, we're in a situation where all other religions are allowed to worship. We're allowed to be at the, at the Kotel. We're allowed to enjoy that Kotel and be proud of it. This is a miracle that I'm not sure that even with all of the perspective that we have today, that we really, truly appreciate. Oh, that's so true. Marty Oliner is with us, the Oliner and Maidenbaum families at the helm of the, the event coming up one week from today in Washington, D.C. Marty, of course, chairs RZA, the Religious Zionists of America. Do you have any indication yet what the total number of members of Congress will be uh, at the celebration, at the resolution celebrating the 50th anniversary a week from now? Well, we think that there we have had positive confirmation from over a dozen congressmen, senators, and um, members of the people, House. Uh, members of the House. And that list, I assume, just keeps growing. It does. Thank God. We have many friends, uh, and we have to appreciate those friends, and we have to celebrate with them on a bipartisan fashion to make certain that, again, we never have a situation uh, where, for even a moment, the city of Jerusalem is in doubt, and that our control over it and Israel's control over it is ever questioned. And I assume that every one of the 20-plus organizations will be represented as well. One of them will have two representatives, so we will have 50 representatives uh, from the organizations that involved organizations, as you said, like the OU, like Hadassah. Um, there, it's a cross-board of like AEPI. It's a cross-section of, of all Jewish organizations that have interest. Um, they include um, the American Zionist Movement, B'nai Zion, B'nai B'rith. Um, it's an endless state of uh, Israel bonds. It's really an endless group of organizations that have come together there uh, on all spectrums of Jerusalem, of, of Jewish um, organizations. Yeah, it really is an impressive list. Uh, the resolution, I, I actually have the text in front of me, and there's, uh, it, it just, it, it's beautifully written, a lot of great things in it, and the fact that it's being recognized at their 50th anniversary, the reunification of Jerusalem is be- <coughs> being recognized. Excuse me being recognized in the halls of Congress is pretty amazing. Anybody out there who would like to try to be part of this trip, uh, as Marty said, there's a small chance that you'd be able to work it out. Uh, you want to email office at rza.org, office at rza.org. Also, they are planning on uh, some type of uh, simulcast um, where people will, will be able to either hear or see or both uh, the celebration and the uh, commemoration. Uh, as the resolution uh, is um, is uh, announced, as it's um, 
Um, as it's celebrated, uh, you can, again, email office at rza.org for information about that office at rza.org. Marty Oliner, pleasure to speak to you. Happy 50th, Marty. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Keep up the great work, and we look forward to seeing you for young Rishalayim in Israel as well. I cannot wait. That is going to be one incredible week. It's, you know, it, it's as the, the Navi Micha says, to make just like uh, when we were taken out of Israel, we will show you miracles again. This miracle is what we're celebrating. This is what is exactly happened 50 years ago, and this is the day uh, that we have from God, and it's a day that, a day that we need to rejoice. Amen. Well said. Thank you, Marty. We'll see you in Israel, and good luck in Washington, D.C. Plenty more coming up. It's Wednesday, and this is JM in the AM. <laughs> Siren wails just an ordinary day. Was it anyone I know? How can life go on this way? A holy land of Israel, how much grief can you sustain? We search for words of courage to help you ease the pain. Be brave, be strong. We're standing proud. Be brave, be strong. We sing out loud. Be brave, be strong. And hear our prayer to see Shalom. Seeking comfort and the strength to persevere. A nation of survivors, one family filled with pride. Oh, land of milk and honey, we will always stand. Stand by the side of Be brave, be strong. We stand as one. Be brave, be strong.
Cold around the campfire with Miami. Yoni Stern before that with an acapella selection, and we stand as one. Cole Zimra opened up that set. I want to thank our friends at Amit. We are getting ready for an amazing week. Yom Yerushalayim week in Israel starts the 22nd of May, and on the 24th, on Yom Yerushalayim 50 itself, will be with our incredible friends and partners now with Amit on the balcony of Eishat Torah overlooking Harabayit. And speaking about their incredible uh, presence in Israel and celebrating Yom Yerushalayim together, we are very much looking forward to it. Reminder, those of you who want to support JM and the AM, even before our fundraising marathon begins on Monday, you can go to FJB, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Achim of Israel and Achim Achem, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app.
Uh, well, Yoni Pollock, who likely is uh, not very happy with the results of last night's uh, Houston Rocket game, he is next with Bite Size. Uh, Yoni presents Tova Kanek's interview with her husband's grandparents, uh, Bubby and Zadie Kurtzfeld. They are Holocaust survivors. They speak with Tova. And Joanna Shepson has an interview with Simone Katz, the uh, CMO of Jerusalem U. That is coming up as well uh, between 9 and 11 this morning. Then Avrami hosts the live lunch. So plenty of great programming to come. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.